Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. you won't believe it but he goes about six months after you left I really missed you 
And so I wanted to find out what you were about. So I went down to the church and now I gave my life to Jesus and I'm going there regularly and become a part of the church. Sometimes you don't see exactly what you want right away. Some sow the seed, some water, and some reap the harvest. Just like George, you're talking about going into a community where, where it's 99% Muslim. And, and um, here, here they are. Like, I don't know if we made any difference. I promise you, you made a difference. A child was born, like Will was saying, a child was born. And, and just like a child was born to us. And I think it's so, so prophetic in how that worked out. That's incredible. And so wise guys brought gifts, but I didn't know they let the mafia in. <laughs> right. But don't just trust what you see with your eyes. Because God's doing stuff behind the scenes that you have no idea is happening. They're just trusting. We get that opportunity every day. Are we going to trust you, Father? Are we just going to depend on what our eyes see and our ears hear? Because it's easy to do that. Every Most of the world does that. 96, 97% of the people on the planet probably do that. Like, But we're not called to do that. We're called to walk by the Spirit, not, not by the flesh. But walk by faith not by sight. And so don't ever despise what you think as small beginnings because God is doing something even if you don't see it or feel it. Amen. Thank you, George, for all you're doing. Thank you, Pastor Moses, for what you do too. That's a, a huge thing. Another thing you might not realize is he's planting churches in another country, in other countries. There's churches going right now that wouldn't be going if he wasn't going over there and if we hadn't run into him, right? Thank you, Jesus, for that. We got that opportunity to partner with them and, and to do it. Got Pastor Philip and Pastor Shannon and all these guys. Like, like if you can just see past what, what, what um, God really wants to do, it'll blow your mind. And so trust him. Watch what he's going to do, but I'm telling you, you can't plant seed without a harvest. And this church has a foundation and it's planted seed, not just here, but across the entire world. And there's no way that God's not going to honor that. So I just want to encourage everybody because uh, it's actually Supper Bowl Sunday. Anybody ready for Supper Bowl? <laughs> So, so supper bowl, what's that about? It's like one time a year, we get hot wings and Frank, Frank's red hot, and, and we get Doritos, and, and Linda makes the best bean dip on the planet, and I eat until I'm full. It's like better than, than Thanksgiving, man, <laughs> better than Christmas. And usually if the Seahawks are playing or something like that, yeah, I'm focused on the game, but this year, like, like, you know, whoever, whatever, you know, I, I really don't care. But thank God there's a game because I get the hot wings that I get once a year. And then for the next six months, I'll be going on a diet so I can get rid of all that I eat, right? But it's exciting to see we're celebrating a game. Like it's part of American culture, but we're celebrating a game. Two 
football teams, 22 men on the field at a time, batting heads with each other, throwing a ball around, playing a game, and where the entire country is coming to a stop and having fun and celebrating. Isn't that wonderful? I mean, when you think about it, it gives us something to celebrate. It gives us something to be joyous about. And that's what heaven's going to be like, too. And so if we can just get that kind of culture into our lives, into our church, like to celebrate, woohoo, look at this. I didn't run a red light, honey. Right? I made it home without stopping and getting donuts, which did not happen for me, right? <laughs> right? I mean, celebrate yourself and celebrate the things in your life that, that are really, really um, big and even little. And so that's really important. Um, yesterday I had the opportunity, um, I don't even know how to get some of these places, but they had the um, 4-H leaders um, equine extravaganza. And so they're like, we want you to come and speak uh, to a bunch of kids about cult breaking. Number one, I don't break colts anymore. I start colts. But I was like, okay, this will be cool. And so they have vets and all kinds of other people there. And I'm thinking, well, this will be a really interesting thing. And so I get there and it's like, I got the main group. I'm like, how in the world did I get here? What am I going to do? And so, so I'm used to, to talking about horses here, thank God, and at, at Cowboy Church without horses, but it's still a little odd when you're trying to teach someone about colt starting and you don't have a colt in front of you. But it's just like God just kind of went before me and even opened it up there. When I got done, these kids were coming and talking to me, and I was able to connect with them. And I thought, sometimes those little victories are victories. Sometimes talking a certain language, there's a language that, that's being taught in the horse industry that horse people understand. Like every horse person understands. It's like, well, I had this horse, and it was by this horse. It was a... Dockalina Brad Stallion out of a Freckles Playboy mare, and you know, and you got all this breeding, and I was like, oh wow, what's that? You know, and you got their attention immediately, you know, or, or I was in Helena, Montana, and boy, this bronc was bad, man. And you know, and all of a sudden people are just like, there's a there's a language and a culture about that. That's what God used to his advantage when he was talking to Israel, because they were a pastoral people. Not that they were all pastors. But get a pastoral, uh, pastoral, right? <laughs> pastoral, right? What does that mean? They had sheep, they had flocks, they raised goats, they had camels, they had all these livestock, right? When back when you see King King Saul going to to before he they're trying to find him to to crown him king and he's out chasing donkeys for his uncle, right? When they find him, he's hiding behind a bunch of bags because he's like, I don't know, I don't know. And he's a big, tall dude, man. This is more, more like LeBron James than like, than like Tattoo, right? And so, so you see the culture. And so when God's talking to Israel, he's saying, you are the sheep of my pasture. And he says, would I not leave the 99 in the wilderness now, put, now listen, he says, would I not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one who's lost? Now, think about that statement, because in Israel, the wilderness is it, not like out here where we go out into the mountains, like an index or, you know, um, Leavenworth or Darrington or, you know, way up out in the middle of nowhere. 
this is wasteland. This is desert, like the food sparks, everything sparks. And it says, he will leave the 99 in the desert and go find the lost. Now, when he's talking that language to the shepherd, what he's what the shepherds are hearing is like, who in their right mind would leave 99 perfectly good sheep that are still with you and go after one that's missing? So, so what happens to the sheep when they're in the wilderness? They get A, sheep are dumb. Like they wander off. They get lost. They're out in the wilderness. So, so, so what he's saying is it, here, he's talking to the Pharisees and he's talking to the Sadducees and he's saying, hey, I'm going to go and I'm going to go out to this one lost sheep and I'm going to get this lost sheep. This lost sheep's out here. It is lost. It knows it's lost. It knows it needs a shepherd. Now I'm going to go out here and I'm going to get this one sheep. What about all those other 99 that are scattered? They get in the wilderness, but it doesn't say that he brings them back to the herd and puts it back in the herd. He brings and keeps it to himself. What was the difference here? The lost sheep was lost, and it knew it was lost, and it knew it needed a shepherd. And so here Jesus is like, I'm going to go to the lost sheep. He said, said he was called but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. What was he trying to tell them? Those sheep in here, like, they didn't really think they needed a shepherd. They're good. They're just hanging out. It's like, like that Pharisee mentality. is like, you know what? I can jump through a hoop and I can jump through this and I can make these rules and that rules and I can just be good enough and I can save myself. That's really what we're saying. When we say, you know what? I can do this and do that. Check every box here and check that box. I can save myself. I really don't need a shepherd. And that's the least thing. That's the most antichrist spirit in the world. We talk about the antichrist and we look for an evil guy coming out, you know, for the end days. And really, there's little things like that that are antichrist. Antichrist is simply anything that puts itself above Jesus. Period. That's antichrist. When, when we believe in our own works more than we believe in the finished work of Jesus, that is what? It's Antichrist. And so do, do we want to trust what he does or do we want to trust what we do? Are we going to be comfortable with just, just where we are? Or do we really want to know him in, in a different way? I was reading in Romans. I've been studying Romans. What I'm talking about Romans is the first four chapters are really good because Chapter one talks about indulgence. Chapter two talks about what? Comparison. We're comparison. We're comparing. We're judging. When we judge, what are we doing? We're either accusing or we're excusing. You know what? When we're accusing, we're saying, well, and this doesn't mean that you're accusing other people. Sometimes you're accusing yourself and excusing other people. You can be hard and hard on yourself too. So, so it comes down to is it comparison? We have we can't compare ourselves to anybody. One rabbi said said when people think evil against you, forgive them because you're probably way worse than they ever think. <laughs> why why would you say that? Because under 
The law, if you're guilty of one little sin, you're guilty of all of them. Do you know what that means? It puts every one of us on equal ground. And that makes a huge difference when, when in our lives. And so here it's about comparison. Are, are we, are we um, accusing and excusing? Accusing usually comes with an excuse, right? When we come to Jesus, we have no excuse. Yeah, I need you. I'm lost. I need you. I need to find you. I'm, I, I want you in my life. I want to come home. There's no, there's no excusing in that, right? And there's no accusing like the enemy. Do you know what the next Satan literally means? The accuser of the brother. He's the accuser. That's what his name means. He's the accuser of the brother. So when you hear accusation, you know right away that it's not from God because the Bible says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Pretty powerful when you think about it. That's actually a little farther here, here in Romans. Um, the great prophet, Kobe Bryant. The LA Lakers once said, booze never stopped me from slam dunking. He scored 83 points one time. 83 points. And he had five guys trying to stop him and a crowd of people around booing him. And do you know what he did? Scored 83 points. Now think about that. The Bible says, greater is he that's in heaven. Greater than is he that's where? It's in me. In me than he that is where? In the world, right? You and God are a maturity. Watch this. When 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 was Gideon? He went to get an army, and he goes to the army. He's like, God, we're going in. We're going to take him. And God says, Your army ain't big enough. You need to go recruit a bunch more, right? No. No. What did he What did he tell him? Like, Your army's too big. I need you to cut it down. And what did he do? Cut it down. What was it like? Three hundred. Original three hundred movie, right? Right? Head down to 300 and look what God did. He took a man who was the least in his family, the least in his tribe of Israel, and gave him a great victory over a great army with 300 men. Now you're like, well, that's a lot of people. No, not when you're looking at what they were facing. It was like, like you might as well have been David and Goliath. Right? So, so here, here's where we find our victory. Because I was talking about the lost sheep in, in um, chapter 3. It's about saving ourselves. Are we trying to save ourselves? And it says this, what shall, then, what shall we conclude then? Are we any better? Not at all. We have already made the charge that the Jews and Gentiles alike are all under sin. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. Ooh, man, he's preaching hard, right? There is no one who understands, no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift and shed blood. Ruin and misery mark their ways in the way of peace they do not know. There is no fear of God 
before their eyes. Woo! That Paul, he's a great preacher. Now we know that whatsoever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. Like, I didn't say this. Like, Pastor James, how can you say that? That's blasphemous. Don't you know, like, I, I go to church every Sunday, and I do this, and I do that. Like, I even walk people's dogs and for free, and, and you know, I have all. It's not about the law, because no one can keep the law, and that's the point he's trying to make. No matter what you do, it's not about what you do, right? That's why even science knows that. That's why they call us human beings not human doings. If it was about the law, we'd be called human doings. Right? But we're human beings. So he says this. Watch this. I love this because he gets right down to the point where he says this. Therefore. Now, if you see therefore in the Bible, what do you always ask yourself? What is it there for? Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in his sight, in his sight, that's a little I-H. Do you know who he's talking about? You. You're not even righteous in your sight. And that's the problem because Jesus did something on the cross. Now watch this. John 3.16 says this. Anybody ever hear that? <laughs> yeah. It says, for God so loved the Christians, <laughs> the saved people, the churches, for God to love the what? The world. The world. What, what is the world? It's the world. It's, it's the cosmos. It's everything in the world, everything around the world, and everything that has to do with the world. The Bible says that earth groans and moans for the manifestation of the sons of God. What's he saying? I just want you to wake up and realize that you're a son and daughter of the king of king, of Elohim, the creator of the heavens and earth. You're my highest form of creation. You're made in my image, but we keep trying to make him into our image. And he don't fit. And we don't fit. The problem's not, not with God. The problem is with how we see ourselves. What are you believing? Do you know what the root of all sin is? Got one cause. Root of all sin. The root of all sin. So, no. Selfish no. So, in the Garden of Eden, what did Satan come to say? Half gods, God said. You know what the root was? They didn't believe God. Unbelief is a root of all sin of all missing the mark. So that means that if disbelief is what is the root, what's secure? Belief. The Bible says you do everything under the law and then you will be saved. No. The Bible says you what? You believe in your heart and confess with your mouth and you will be saved. Makes it pretty easy, right? Like, you don't need a theological degree for that. 
Like, like that's where we talk about we got to get the hay down where the cows can eat them. Like, no matter how hard we try, I can't feed the horses if the hay's still in the lot. They got, it's got to get down to them. I get the hay down where the cows can eat it. And that's what, what God's doing right here. He said, for God to love the world that he gave. No one killed him. The Jews didn't kill him. The Romans didn't kill him. In fact, when they went to arrest him, they all fell out. Right? They gave. It's only that, that whoever believes in him, his only son, that whoever believes in him shall have eternal life. For God not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. Whoever what? Ever what? Believes. Believes. In him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in doing all the good works. No, because believed in the name of the Son of God. Why? Because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. You know what? The only thing that keeps us from God is unbelief. That's the only thing. Are you going to believe in him? It says this. This is the verdict he's given it. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. Oh, now I got to work. I see where I got to work. But Jesus said, you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will our Heavenly Father? You know, we're giving good gifts. He's like, you're evil, man. If you're doing it, standing on your own works. That in itself is evil because what you're really doing is you're denying Jesus and not believing in his finished work to cover you. That's our preaching. But that's the gospel that Paul preached. But whoever lives by the truth comes to light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been through God. Now, back over here. It says, Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing, or rather through the law we become conscious of sins. You know why? The more we do, trying to save ourselves, we figure out, I can't do it. Am I the only one? Like, I promise you, I'll mess up before I open my eyes. Right? I'll step on something, getting out of bed. Scream and holler or do something, you know? Something's going to happen. I'm going to miss the mark. All that all sin means is you miss the mark. The archers. The mark isn't in what we do. The mark is in who we are. And if we live through who we are, then we hit the mark all the time because the mark is not us. It's through Jesus. Does that make sense? So, but the law brings us to a consciousness of sin. What are you conscious of? If whatever, um, anything that is, any intention I have, I don't give attention to anything that's not my intention. Now listen to that. Don't, don't give attention to anything that's not your intention. 
But if I intend to, to go here, I'm not going to give attention to stuff over here. Why? Because what I focus on, I give power to in my life. So he's talking about a consciousness. What's a consciousness? Awareness. You know you're not your thoughts. You're thinking thoughts. You're like, why did I think that? Yeah, you got to sit there and say, man, I wish Pastor Dan would shut up. You know, <laughs> you know, I know he's really good looking and everything to look at, but I mean, it just talks and talks and talks. And you're like, where did that thought come from? Right? Like, obviously, it's not God saying that. Right? We, we have these thoughts. And these thoughts shoot out and we think we're our thoughts. And so, but we're conscious. That thing that said, wait, what's that thought? That's your spirit. That's your who you are. Realizing that you have those thoughts. And you can choose what you want to do. But there's a consciousness that goes to sin. Man, that clock. Thank you for clocks, Father. <laughs> so I was good. So I'm going to shut up right there. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.